Wake up, America. It's Morning Air with John Morales. Si, senor. Sarah Tafoya. Hey, it's my mom. Mama. And Glenn Leverins. This is Morning Air on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Wednesday, February 14th, 2024. Good morning and welcome back to a brand new hour of Morning Air on this Ash Wednesday and Valentine's Day as well. I'm John Morales along with Glenn Leverance and producer Gabby Burke in for the vacationing Sarah Tafoya. Thanks so much for making us a part of your morning across America and beyond wherever you are listening to us uh, on this uh, Wednesday morning here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app. Today is Ash Wednesday, as we've been talking about uh, here this morning. It's a a day of fasting and abstinence for Catholics, and it also marks the beginning of the 40 days in which uh, the Catholic Church calls the faithful to conversion and to truly prepare ourselves to live the mysteries of the passion, death, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in Holy Week. If you haven't signed up for uh, Father Rocky's Lenten Lessons on the Mass, uh, the free daily videos. It is still not too late. You can do it this morning at relevantradio.com slash Lent. I just enjoyed listening to uh, Father talking about uh, the meaning of uh, holy water. Uh, he has so many great lessons to, to share with us. In fact, Father Rocky explained to me here on Morning Air uh, about how the Lenten lessons on the Mass actually developed. It occurred to me one morning, my Lenten sacrifice that year would be to write a little lesson on the Mass each day for Lent, and I'd post it on my Facebook page. Then several years later, Damien Schmidt, who's in our digital department, he said, Father, what do you think about sending those Lenten lessons of the Mass out to some of our audience by email? And now it's much more than just a written text and a picture. We've produced some high-definition videos, and they're free to you. And when it comes to the Mass, you get out of it what you put into it. So the Mass isn't like going to a movie where we need to be entertained. We have to come there with preparation and sacrifice. And uh, that's the whole idea of these Lenten lessons on the Mass. They are absolutely outstanding, and it doesn't matter how many times you watch them, you will always learn something new. And as Father Rocky says, uh, get ready to learn the Mass, live the Mass, and love the Mass more than ever before. You can transform your 40 days with 40 lessons with Father Rocky's weekly Eucharistic encounters as well at relevantradio.com slash Lent. Uh, for all you uh, lovebirds, uh, since it's uh, Ash Wednesday today, I hope that you were able to perhaps celebrate uh, Valentine's Day, maybe last night uh, with your sweetheart, as uh, I had the opportunity to do with my honey Cindy on what we called the vigil of Valentine's Day, uh, because of of course, uh, today uh, being a a day of uh, fasting and abstinence, uh, not conducive to uh, partying and and celebrating with your honey. So we did it on Fat Tuesday. I want to bring in uh, Glenn once again. What are a few of the big uh, stories uh, making headlines uh, this hour here? on uh, this Wednesday morning, Glenn. Well, John, the Republicans put their very narrow lead in the uh, U.S. House to use and impeached Alejandro Mayorkas, uh, Department of Homeland Security Secretary, for his uh, lack of action on the southern border. 
and more. This is the first time since 1876 a cabinet member has been impeached, John. And they were able to do it because House uh, Majority Leader Steve Scalise came back uh, to, to Washington after receiving a cancer treatment. So they had just a, a one-vote uh, edge. Uh, 214 to 213 was was the, the final. And uh, it truly is uh, historic. And Mayorkas uh, has been saying uh, for the last three years that there's no crisis on the border until this past weekend uh, when he spoke uh, to NBC's Meet the Press, finally admitting that there is actually a crisis on the border. Do you bear responsibility for what is happening at the border, what the president himself has called a crisis? It certainly is a crisis, and well, we don't bear responsibility for a broken system, and we're doing a tremendous amount within that broken system. But fundamentally, fundamentally, Congress is the only one who can fix it. And so, uh, Glenn, I think that this sends a message uh, to uh, President Biden, because after all, he is the boss. He is in charge of this uh, immigration situation, this crisis that we've had to deal with for the last three years. Yeah, presumably any cabinet member is following orders from the boss, uh, the president. Biden did not like this. He called it unconstitutional partisanship and a a petty political game. What happens from here is impeachment is actually the the process. It doesn't mean he'll be removed from his position, and it's very unlikely that he will. So the House comes up with the articles of impeachment for this, or a president, as we're more familiar with, uh, with former President Trump having gone through that, uh, former President Clinton as well, and almost former President Nixon. But uh, is uh, that moves then to the Senate for the trial portion. The Senate actually judges and votes on whether he should be removed or not with a Democratic majority in the Senate. It's looking very, very unlikely that would happen, John. Yeah, more than anything, it's just embarrassing, obviously, uh, for Alejandro Mayorkas. And it does also, uh, you know, create this awareness of this crisis uh, that, that we have been seeing. Uh, Glenn, the other big story that uh, we're watching this morning is uh, the uh, congressional seat once held by Republican George Santos. We now know uh, what happened. That's right. This is a, a district in New York's Long Island and looks like the winner, Democrat Tom Swansea, He's picking up a Republican seat there after uh, Mr. Santos was expelled for a variety of bad behavior. And so that very, very slim majority Republicans have in the House just got one vote slimmer. Absolutely. So uh, uh, the uh, the craziness in Congress uh, continues, and uh, you know it's uh, it's it's going to be that much more contentious uh, on the Republican uh, side uh, in in the House. So um, we will be keeping an eye on that for sure. Uh, meanwhile, on a much happier note, uh, there's a lot of celebration going to be going on, and it probably has been going on for the last two days in, in Kansas City. But today is the big. Um, Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl championship parade uh, to celebrate their back-to-back uh, Super Bowl uh, championships. Uh, last year, they had over a million people that showed up and flooded the streets of downtown uh, KC. Uh, it could be even bigger this time. Yeah, that, uh, you know, one of the players' girlfriends may show up, and that uh, might draw, you know, a lot more people. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're not sure here at Relevant Radio News uh, whether Taylor Swift will be there or not, but we'll we'll be investigating that. Yes, in, in fact, there was a report uh, that the city of uh, Kansas City was not prepared uh, for an avalanche, uh, a sea of Swifties uh, showing up that could maybe double the $1 million from last year. So, uh 
Uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens with, with, with that. But uh, congratulations uh, to uh, the Chiefs fans uh, for yet another title, the third in the last five years. Hey, and for baseball fans, hope springs eternal today. A happy day as pitchers and catchers head to training camp. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I love baseball. That That is my other passion. And that always exciting. Uh, opening day uh, in uh, so many of the Major League Baseball spring training camps uh, with pitchers and catchers officially uh, reporting. And uh, you can uh, hear uh, the sound of... Uh, Balls uh, going into catcher's mitts uh, <laughs> on this day as, uh, as spring training gets uh, it's underway. A couple of teams already uh, started early. Yeah, Dodgers and, and Padres already at it. And, uh, you know, the Dodgers, I imagine, you know, with all those new free agents, uh, want to get everybody going early here, and uh, they don't want to be uh, watching someone else hoist that World Series trophy this coming October or early November. All right, so uh, this is uh, the beginning of the baseball marathon. As we always say, it's it's a marathon, not a sprint. So we'll be uh, keeping an eye on that as well. Uh, one other thing, uh, Glenn, uh, that I wanted to uh, bring to the show here this morning, um, got an email yesterday from uh, Madeline Turpak, and uh, she wanted us to, to share the uh, Turpak family Lenten resolutions, which uh, caught my attention. It was, it was really, really good. Uh, it, it looks like a chess board and it's a extreme Jesus boot camp and it's got uh, all these many different suggestions uh, on the chessboard one on in each little box of, of ways uh, to uh, to really uh, celebrate this Lenten season Glenn a lot of suggestions on there for uh, a little uh, penance and fasting on your own throughout the course of, of Lent and a lot of these disciplines are followed by those who try to follow a very strict uh, strict discipline in life uh, anything from uh, giving up snacking in between meals to taking a cold shower to sleeping on the floor. But those might seem a little extreme. Well, that's what it's called. But how about this? Uh, what if uh, you were to pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet or think of 40 different people and offer uh, one person each day uh, up in prayer? Uh, oh, my goodness. That. Yeah, these are all, they're all really good. A lot of them caught my attention. Make your bed every day. What what a nice idea. It's kind of hard for me to make my bed because, you know, I get up at 345 and my wife Cindy is still in it. <laughs> so try to get off on smooth that out that lump in bed there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. But you know, uh, one of them is uh, clear out your closet of extra toys and clothes uh, that can be donated. That is actually a practical idea. I like this idea too, and it seems like it's one of our national pastimes, along with baseball. Right, make an effort not to judge other people. We almost act, uh, you know, with uh, so much conflict celebrated on uh, radio and TV talk shows. Uh, again, it's almost like a, a sport, uh, just a loving argument, but to make an effort not to judge other people. Believe it or not, we're not required to do that. We're not required to pass judgment on everything someone says or wears or, you know, make our social media feed full of nothing but criticism for others. We're not required to do that. Yeah, that's uh, that is definitely a, a great reminder. And uh, you know, one other one uh, also that caught my eye right off the bat: uh, delete unnecessary apps on your phone. Uh, who would have thunk? As as that is a, a suggestion for a Jesus boot camp. Yeah, some of those can be uh, just pure time wasters for us, perhaps. Yeah. 
For sure. I don't know, John, you got extra sports betting apps on yours? I don't know. Be beware of them. Uh, you know what? I'm sure I have apps on there that I need to get rid of. So we, we, the bottom line is I think we need to turn our hearts to our Lord. And we're going to talk uh, much more about it here momentarily uh, with Father Marcel Tayon, who will uh, uh, talk to us about all things Ash Wednesday and Lent uh, coming up here uh, in a few moments. But Glenn, as always, uh, thanks so much for being with us uh, again and uh, always appreciate the uh, your your take on the news and um, also uh, we are going to post this extreme Jesus uh, post camp uh, on our uh, uh, social media on uh, on Twitter uh, on X and Facebook so thanks again hey sounds good John all right uh, first things uh, first as we do every single morning we always start every hour in prayer giving thanks to our Lord uh, for all the many blessings through the intercession of the Mother of God our Blessed Mother Mary as she is the Queen of Peace and of course we continue to pray for peace in the world especially in the Middle East and in Ukraine peace in our nation peace in our church and in our families in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit amen Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of the unborn and of relevant radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of Relevant Radio, pray for us. And every morning we invoke the Holy Spirit with this very short and powerful prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Now, even though it's Ash Wednesday, just a, a quick reminder uh, to pray to St. Joseph. Do not forget about St. Joseph. He is a powerful intercessor. So go to Joseph, the head of the Holy Family. Our power scripture from the Playbook of Life is from Luke 9.23. Jesus the Lord says, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. As uh, this season of Lent uh, begins today with the Liturgy of Ash Wednesday, this is a good opportunity to really think about uh, the significance of the ashes that are placed on our foreheads uh, as an outward sign of our repentance. Our blessed Lord asks us to die to ourselves and to deny our very selves in imitation of Jesus who died on the cross for all of us for our salvation. As John the Baptist reminds us, we must decrease so that Jesus can increase in our lives. We always pray with great confidence that prayer that Drew and Maggie pray every afternoon during the hour of power, during the chapel of divine mercy. Jesus, I trust in you. As always, you can send us an email directly. It's morningair at relevantradio.com. We need to take a, a short break uh, when Morning Air continues. Our spiritual director, Father Marcel Tyone, will be with us uh, to talk about Ash Wednesday, uh, the ashes, the words that the priest says, and some of the customs uh, for day one of Lent, uh, which uh, is beginning today. So stay with us. Uh, there is much more to come on this Ash Wednesday edition of Morning Air here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app.
Welcome back uh, to Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with Glenn and Gabby in for Sarah this morning. Thanks so much for joining us on this Ash Wednesday morning here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Our toll-free line if you want to be part of the program, 888 sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. As you know by now, today marks the beginning of Lent with Ash Wednesday, day one of the 40-day Lenten season. And we often hear from uh, priests uh, that more people go to church on Ash Wednesday than any other holiday, including Christmas and Easter. So uh, we're going to talk about uh, day one of Lent. Uh, We'll chat about the ashes, the words that the priest says, and the customs of Ash Wednesday. Joining us live this morning is our spiritual director, Father Marcel Tyone, with much more on Ash Wednesday and Lent. Father Tyone is the new director of vocations of the Archdiocese for the Military Services. He has served for over a decade in vocation ministry for Our Lady of Providence Seminary while chaplain at Bishop Hendrickin High School, and he's a longtime Relevant Radio and Morning Air contributor. Good morning, Father Tyone. Thanks so much for being with us. It is a joy to be with you on this Ash Wednesday. No, it's great, and, and blessed to be with you as well and all our listeners today as we, uh, I, I just love Lent. Lent's, a, I think, the whole world sort of pauses and Thinks about how to be better, how to be holier, and it's really a 40-day retreat that we're, we're embarking on today together as church and individually, and, and Lent is so particular, it's so personal. So every every year our Lent's different, I think. Every Ash Wednesday's different. The church kind of brings us back back to the basics, so to speak. And I know I heard some of the top of the things you guys were talking about on the uh, the boot camp for Lent. I thought those were great ideas and, and creative things. But today we're so blessed because it is Ash Wednesday. We're going to get ashes. We're going to go into the desert with Jesus for 40 days and uh, and then be with him and be with him and, and kind of lose ourselves and become more like Jesus. Well, Father Tyone, I love uh, that image of a 40-day retreat. Uh, first of all, uh, can you kind of, let's go back to the basics. What is the significance of Lent and, and the meaning of Ash Wednesday? So Ash Wednesday, right? We know uh, it seems very strange to non-believers, or why why are these people walking around with ashes on their foreheads? And again, in Europe, other parts where they put them on the top of the head, not so visible. But here, our tradition is on the forehead, which I like. Um, we're not we're not prouder than anybody or righteous, but it's a sign of what I'm. I'm a mortal human being, but I'm Im- immortal in my baptism. So the ashes are a call to repentance, a call to conversion, a call to the humility to recognize we all will die, but we live forever in Jesus. So it's sort of a, it's a very uh, serious thing. Uh, it's, a, it's a symbol, it's a sacramental, not a sacrament. Um, and so, you know, other Christians can get it, not just Catholics, but at the same time, it's a very a beautiful thing because I think we, we literally get marked with the seal of the cross, and the cross is everything to us. We live for it, we live from it, we want to be with him who was on the cross, who is risen, and so it is, it's a very personal uh, retreat. And and the great thing is, again, I think it's wonderful that you can ask Jesus, what do you want me to give up for Lent? What do you, where do you want me to pray more? Where do you want me to be more kind to the poor, the needy, where, where there's any human need that I find, um, you know, Lent, Lent changes every year, and, and we all need a different Lent every year. That's why I, I love Lent, because it's so personal, it's flexible, and we can continue to adapt it as we go. So it is this this heightened retreat for everyone, and uh, we're all in it together. The other thing is we're not alone. We go to Mass, and there's lots of other brothers and sisters with us, so it's a it's really an experience of the body of Christ as well. We're all we're all kind of sharing this journey together, making our way towards Holy Week, 
towards Easter, towards heaven, and, and it's just a blessed, a blessed season. Well, I want to uh, open up our phone lines uh, right here at the beginning and, uh, and invite our listeners. If you want to be part of our conversation with our spiritual director, Father Marcel Tayon, on the meaning of Lent and Ash Wednesday, perhaps maybe you want to share your own experience uh, of fasting and prayer uh, during Lent, uh, or perhaps uh, you might want to share with us what you're giving up uh, to gl- grow closer uh, to our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we would love uh, to hear from you. We're taking your calls for Father Tyone at 888 That's 888 um, Father, I, I mentioned at the beginning that, uh, you know, oftentimes in a lot of parishes, you know, more people show up for Ash Wednesday than even perhaps Christmas and Easter. Why, why do you suppose so many people feel uh, compelled to, to, uh, to come to church on Ash Wednesday? Well, that's a great question. It is it is mystifying to me. There are people that only come on Ash Wednesday. They don't come the rest of the year. It's, it's it mystifies me. But at the same time, it also inspires me because I think there's something about Ash Wednesday, the, the mortality factor. Uh, I think that, you know, people don't like to think about death, but I think everyone does in the, in the positive way. If we know Christ, we're not afraid of it. But I don't know. I, I think there's something around that. I think uh, there's something... We all need to repent. We all know we're not perfect, right? Everyone kind of knows that. And I think Ash Wednesday brings up the topic to everyone. And some people, even nominally practicing people, will have a sense that they need to change, that they need to start over, that they need to recognize their own sinfulness. So I think there's a lot of those things, but it is mystifying. All priests tell me and other people that there are people that just show up out of the woodwork, literally, for Ash Wednesday, and people I've never seen before. But people come to Mass, um, and obviously, for those that are, are properly disposed. The Eucharist is even a higher reception than ashes, right? So, uh, but that's the beautiful thing. People do come and it's kind of a, the, some, you know, Thanksgiving day is not a holy day. People come on that day. Our churches are full. It's the people have sanctified Thanksgiving and being thankful to God. But Ash Wednesday is big and it is big. It's a big day in the year. It's a mandatory fasting day for anyone between 14 and 64 without ill health or anything. We're supposed to not eat between meals and no desserts and kind of really take it easy today, today and, and Good Friday. So, there's only two days a year where there's mandatory fasting where it's not just meat but everything. So I think it just speaks to us how important the church considers today and what, and what a big it is a big deal and it is so so rightfully so. Um, uh, Father, can can you share with us real quick where, where these ashes actually actually come from? <laughs> yeah, so the ashes we can actually so a lot of times the ashes are the palm branches that are burned. Some parishes have that tradition of burning last year's palm branches and kind of that if you will that. Um, Kind of the green way to do it. Others, we just buy our ashes from from these uh, vendors and people that prepare them. So the ashes are they are from something has burned, right? So how do we get the ashes? Something has died to itself to give us the ashes. There's something beautiful about that. Um, I think that's Christ died to himself. He was like the grain of wheat that fell to the ground to give new life. So the ashes, something has given way for us to use the ashes. So they've been even since the Old Testament. Ashes are a sign of public repentance, um, and that's that's really in the Old Testament was practiced that way. In the New Testament with Christ, of course, we we put it in the sign of the cross on on the forehead. The forehead being a sacred place for us, right? When you were baptized, your parents and godparents made the sign of the cross on your forehead. If you get last rites, sacrament of the sick, the priest anoints you with oil on that same spot, right? That's what happens there. When you're confirmed by the bishop, please God, you know, the, the chrism is, you're again anointed on your forehead. So this part of our body is quite sacred. Actually, it's it's really, 
if you will, the head of our of our person, and that's the place we want Christ to be on our minds, at, at be at the center of our life. And so even the placement of the ashes is even always reminds me of confirmation, of baptism, uh, just the other times in life where that part of our body is anointed or even more importantly, chrismated, uh, and that happens. So I think it's a, it's a very powerful place as well as the symbol of ashes and the cross. And the priest can make a, there's an option, right? Usually it says, uh, remember you are dust, to dust you shall return or repent and believe in the gospel. Those are kind of the two choices the person administering the ashes can say. Um, and there's something, again, once more about mortality and repent, like know you're, know you're a sinner, come back to Christ, start over again, seek confession, seek repentance. And it's just a very, a very sacred day today. And I, I find it fascinating uh, that uh, even non-Catholics, you know, some Protestant denominations uh, follow our lead and they also observe Ash Wednesday and they uh, provide ashes. Yeah, no, it's a funny thing how many of the Protestant faiths, when they broke from Rome or the Catholic Church, they kind of didn't want a lot of the sacramentals and things that help us pray. We, we, the Catholic Church, we use all the senses in prayer, right? We we smell the incense, we see, we taste, we touch, we feel, we eat, and our bodies are very much part of what we kneel down, like our bodies are entering into worship, and there's many beautiful traditions around that, and Catholicism is so rich and diverse and full, it, it really, we worship with all our senses at Mass and when we're praying, and it's very beautiful, but yeah, some some of the uh, Protestants have actually kind of come around and come back to some of the sacramentals that we use, and one of them is ashes, so I know that some Protestant churches here, certainly this part of the country, kind of kind of taking it back up, some of the things that I think they, they did away with, they see the uh, the ability that, if you will, the gift that it is to, to use ashes and other sacramentals sometimes. Emily is joining us from New Jersey this morning. Uh, good morning, Emily. Uh, welcome to Morning Air. You're on with Father Tyone. Yes, good morning. Um, I think one of the great things about the message that's coming from this is just giving up for Lent, but giving to. Everybody has some place in their parish or their neighborhood um, that they can, you know, almsgiving in the modern sense would be giving to. For me, um, I just left the St. Francis Breadline in Manhattan on 31st Street. The Franciscan Friars have been having that breadline every day, every day since 1930. Um, and that's, that's where I'm full to give. And this morning we had Cardinal uh, Timothy Dolan there giving, uh, giving out sandwiches with us. So I think everybody just needs to look. You don't have to look far, but God will provide something for you to give to this Lent. That's a wonderful insight and a great call, um, great great idea, right? We're not just called to give up, we're called to, to be charitable, to do acts of charity. And, and again, where, where is the human need? It's a great point, right? With this human need right in our own families, in our neighborhoods, maybe a, you know, Maybe this Lent is the time you you call uh, the you know the grieving widow or widower that you know is is maybe struggling there and spend time with them. Maybe going to a nursing home, seeing that relative that we know it's on our conscience we should go see. We just don't do it. Um, maybe doing that, reaching out to homebound and and people like that. So thanks for the call. That's a great great idea and a great emphasis that we need to also talk about. Thanks so much, Emily. I uh, appreciate uh, the person on the street uh, reporting for us here uh, this morning. Father Tyone, uh, final moment, uh, your, your final thoughts on how to have a, a meaningful Lent. Well, I think we asked Jesus, right? Let's pray. I encourage everyone to ask Jesus, what do you want from me? How can I show my love for you this Lent? That's a great way to ask Jesus, what, what do you want me to do? And, uh, and it's just starting today. We can 
deaconship, I would just ask the Lord, what, what do you, what, Lord, what do you think I need to do in ways of prayer, fasting, almsgiving? What can I do for you to show my love for you? And and that's a good way to kind of make a plan. So I think we can go there. And uh, so just everyone, everyone pray up and ask God, ask God what to do. Great advice. And don't forget to go to confession uh, sometime during Lent to get ready uh, for uh, Holy Week. I think that's also a beautiful thing. Uh, Father, can you give us your blessing? May Almighty God bless this Lent, bless Ash Wednesday, our desire to know and to love Jesus more. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks so much, uh, Father Tyone. Really appreciated. Uh, many blessings here on this Ash yeah. Wednesday and uh, the Lenten season. Thanks again. Pray, pray, pray for our soldiers today, too. God for, bless you. For sure. F- Father Marcel Tyone, the Director of Vocations uh, of the Archdiocese for the Military Services and a longtime Relevant Radio and Morning Air contributor. We need to take a short break uh, when Morning Air uh, continues. On the other side, our personal success coach, Dave Duran, the co-founder and executive chairman of Best Version Media, will join us to talk about some of the things that successful people wish they knew when they were just starting out. So stay with us. We're headed down the stretch on this Ash Wednesday edition of Morning Air here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This is Morning Air, your home for faith, fun, and news in the morning on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. And welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with Len and Gabby in for Sarah. Thanks so much for joining us on this Ash Wednesday morning, uh, the very first day of the Lenten season here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app. You can uh, email us directly if you have any thoughts or story ideas. It's morningair at relevantradio.com. You can find us on X, formerly Twitter. Our handle is at morningairshow as well as on Facebook. Now, are you just starting out in your professional career or are you starting a new venture, perhaps? Uh, Do you wish you knew then uh, when you were in the early days of your career what you know now? Joining us live from Fort Myers, Florida, is our longtime Morning Air contributor and personal success coach, Dave Duran, to share some things that successful people wish they knew when they were just starting out. And you might want to just take a few notes and uh, if if you have uh, any other good advice uh, that you wish uh, you knew earlier, Uh, Give us a ring. Our toll-free line, if you want to be part of our conversation this morning with Dave Duran, is 888-914-9149. Dave Duran is an author, professional speaker, and executive coach. He's the co-founder and executive chairman of Best Version Media and the founder of Lighthouse Catholic Media and DE Media. I also want to remind you to check out the Dave Duran Show, which is on Saturdays at 1 p.m. Central here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. And you can always follow Dave on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Good morning, Dave. Thanks so much uh, for joining us. It's great to be with you on this Ash Wednesday. Hey, John. It's great to be with you as well, too. Uh, Dave, there's an old saying, uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. How many of us just wish that we knew some of the things that we've learned in the school of hard knocks and real life experience? Oh, yeah. You know, this is a question I ask people a lot. You know, I ask them, successful people and people who self-admittedly say that they haven't been as successful as they'd like to have been. I, I say, well, if you would have if you'd have known then what you know now, what would you have gone back and said to your younger self? And it's very interesting when you get these answers. 
Oh, my goodness. Uh, I think back, I, I, I described some of my early days and some of the decisions when I was young and dumb. Because <laughs> some of the things I, I cringe when I think of some some things that I did. And obviously, uh, you know, you can always turn things around. So uh, um, that's uh, that's good uh, uh Good news for all of us, because every one of us make mistakes, and and some of us make mistakes early on, and uh, then we correct it in the school of hard knocks, uh, Dave. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And the thing is, it's funny, is that when we're making those mistakes, or we have those views, we generally think we're pretty right. <laughs> and it takes uh, time and wisdom to be able to filter things through for us to be able to see our wayward uh Wayward thought process. Well, I know this is something that you've thought about, and you've got some uh, some uh, r- really uh, um, good uh, points that you want to share with us uh, about uh, successful people uh, and um, what they wish they knew when they were just starting out. Uh, what would be uh, the first thing? The first one is that small habits over time produce big results. I think one of the things that is part and parcel with being young is impatience. And we have a tendency to believe that if success doesn't happen for us right away, it's not going to happen. Or we have a tendency to believe that if we're not naturally inclined to learn something like a foreign language or, you know, an instrument or uh, some sort of, uh, you know, thing about our trade or even to, to, to get in better shape or to even to escape pain through physical therapy, we want it now and we want it to happen now. We think it's going to make a difference. But really, frankly speaking, if you, if you were to take 15 minutes a day to study a particular topic, uh, over a period of about five years, if you did it consistently, you would be learning at the rate of a full-time student in that particular area. And it's important for us to understand that you can start to develop expertise and you can really start to develop incredible habits <clears throat> over a period of time with not an, a tremendous amount of um, one-day effort, but a long pattern of a little change which really begins to matter in life. And most young people don't get that, but we're forced into that basically in our lifetime to recognize that, you know, uh, the, the combination of repeating things over time produces big results. There's no doubt about it. It's like in sports, uh, you know, you, you, you play how you practice. And so you do the little things right all the time. Uh, you're going to do it correctly when it actually counts. Yeah. And I would just encourage a person, it's not a bad thing to, to add it to even Lent, to say, okay, I'm, I'm sacrificing, I'm giving something up, yes, no doubt about it, but I'm actually going to do something mildly penitential. And it may not even seem like a, a, a penitence, but the, the actual activity may not be, but the discipline toward it is the penance. To say something like, I've always wanted to play the guitar, I'm just going to do it for 15 minutes every day, I'm going to make it part of Lent. I've wanted to learn a foreign language, I'm going to do that for 15 minutes a day, I'm going to make it part of Lent. Uh, to, to literally say, again, it's not the guitar or, uh, you know, the foreign language that are sacrificial. It's the, it's the deliberate acting upon the discipline that creates that habit and is sacrificial. And of course, then we get way more out of it than we ever give to God through the sacrifice. Again, a reminder, uh, I want to invite our listeners, if you want to share uh, any wisdom that you've learned over the years uh, that you wish you knew when you were just starting out, we'd love to, to hear from you and, and get your perspective. We're taking your calls for Executive Coach Dave Duran. 888 is the number if you want to jump into the conversation. Um, the uh, second thing that uh, successful people wish they knew uh, when they were just starting out, uh, you know, really 
reminds me uh, that, you know, there's much more to life than just having a lot of followers on social media. Oh, yeah. And this second thing is a few close friends are way more valuable than a million fans, followers or friends on social media. And, you know, this advice was actually true before 2004 in Facebook's existence. Um, when people, you know, just wanted popularity, they wanted a lot of friends and a lot of attention. Uh, you know, the, the happiest people out there have a small number of very close, true friends, as opposed to all sorts of acquaintances. And I think this is an important thing for people to keep in mind, um, uh, particularly in a day and age where people try to find their value or esteem in, 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 in basic popularity in social media following. And, and this is not to say that, um, you know, being able to rekindle a relationship with somebody on social media that was your buddy in high school that you went to found other than that way isn't, doesn't have some sort of edification. But to not confuse it <clears throat> with what it truly means to have good, close, true friends. And there's a difference between the two. Yeah, birds of a feather flock together. Uh, when you have somebody that, that you're on the same page with, that's a, a close friend that maybe is encouraging you uh, to be the best version of yourself, to to you really uh, pursue excellence in whatever it is that you're doing, uh, that, that's a really valuable uh, friend to have. Yeah, and we do become, it's very true, we become like the people we spend our time with. And if you spend your time with good people and you're close to them, uh, you're, you're going to become like them. But if you have this passive relationship with all sorts of people that are really not identifiable as virtuous or not, you become kind of vanilla, just like they are. You don't really stand for anything in particular. So it's important to be surrounded by people who uh, have those values that will raise you up. All right, Dave, what's the third uh, thing that successful people wish that they knew when they were just starting out? And that is to experience and master the now. You know, it's interesting as Catholics, we know that there are only two times. And I remember I learned this late in life and I wish somebody had pointed it out because it's so obvious. But there are only two times that matter in life. And we pray them every time we pray the Hail Mary. Now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Why are we praying for now and at the hour of our death? Because we, the past is done. Jesus is not yet here. We are in the moment of now. And the hour of our death will be the hour that matters most when we are, you know, praying for, for uh, our Blessed Mother to, you know, walk us into heaven with the angels. And this is an important thing to keep in mind. So when a person is young and filled with anxiety, they will oftentimes wish their life away. They wish away everything. They wish away Grade school because they can't wait till high school. They wish away high school because college is supposed to be great. They wish away college because they can't wait to have their first job. They wish away their first job because they're just trying to get to the next job, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then eventually they get to this kind of middle age thing and they can't wait to retire and they miss their whole lives. And so it's best to say, yes, I am looking forward to these things. These things are going to be amazing. But this moment now, so I used to say, and I said, I just had a young man say this to me because I said it to him maybe five or six years ago as he's raising his young family and he had a lot of a lot of young kids and he's talking about how exhausting it is i said you know listen here's the thing though no matter how exhausting that day is fast forward 30 years what would you give to come back to just this one day to see all of this taking place and that stuck with him and it was maybe five years later i was just coming out of an event and i happened to see him and he was with all those kids and i said oh look you're busy and he goes you know what i remember something you said and that stuck with him it's important for us to remember that this moment that we have now is very, very, very important. And at one point, you might have looked forward to the things that you have today. And if your life didn't turn out exactly the way you wanted to, 
There's something about this moment now that is a gift, and we have to stay in that. Absolutely. I think the one thing that really uh, stands out in my mind is I think back, if I'd have known when I was a young guy in my 20s, the advice uh, uh, that a boss once gave me, be humble and uh, low-key in your in the workplace. Just be humble, especially when you're working in television and you're around all these celebrities. You just, you know, be humble. Yeah. Oh, humility, of course, is the is a gift that uh, it keeps on giving because we either choose to be humble or we are humbled. <laughs> One of those two things is always going to happen in our life. And so it's very important to, to take the proactive step of to be humble as opposed to have life and the Lord humble us. And uh, that's that's tremendous advice always. I remember as a young guy hearing about uh, money is just a, a way of keeping score. It's not the all end all. Uh, what about money? Yeah, it's a big one, actually. People almost always bring up finances when you talk to them about if they'd have known now what they know then or if they would have known then what they know now. And and the only way I define this is that the way money really works. So it's not so much about money is important or not important. It's just the way that it works. So there are a lot of people who have very humble lives financially and are very happy in those lives humbly. Um, uh, but then there are some people who are gravely dissatisfied with where they are from a financial perspective and they lament it constantly. And the difference between the two is not only living within your means, which really matters a lot, but it's understanding that money's only good for the good that it does. It does not buy happiness, but it buys a certain level of anxiety reduction, which can produce happiness. That's actually a real thing. It's almost a little disingenuous when people say money doesn't buy happiness when they have money and they're looking at a poor person and the poor person is having a hard time eating. They don't have shelter. They can't, you know, and you're like, well, money doesn't buy happiness. It's not the answer. Well, no, but food would make me a little happier right now. And you know what? Having a place to lie in my head would make me a little happier now. And there are studies that show that there's certain levels of financial breakage where a person is very dissatisfied and all of a sudden now they do have a certain level of happiness that is more because of it. So I think that there are self-righteous statements that people make that overstate uh, things and we have to be a little sensitive to that. But they also know that discipline and money are related and that small habits with money on a daily basis produce very large effects later on. And this is one of the most important things that they do keep in mind is to have discipline with money and to realize that that really great sweater that you want now is better off not had in order to invest something so that later on, if you chose to, you could have 10 of those sweaters, which you'd probably not choose to do at that point because your maturity would advance. But this is a very important thing to keep in mind. Another important thing that uh, people wish that they knew when they were just starting out uh, is forgiveness. Oh, my goodness. Yes, this is a big one. Now, unfortunately, some people miss this one. So it is not a part of everybody's reflection when they say, if I'd have known then what I know now. Uh, but for those people who have made the transition, they realize that there were days weeks, months, sometimes years, and sadly for some people, decades, where they did not forgive somebody. And there was no benefit for, for, from that. They, they, they thought they were punishing the other person by not forgiving them, but they were the only one personally being punished anyway by this, and that healing is better. And you know, blessed are the peacemakers is something Jesus said, not blessed are those who hold on to the past. He also said, Unless we forgive other people's sins, we cannot have our sins forgiven. And these are substantial things. 
Dave, Dan is joining us from Alexandria, Virginia. Good morning, Dan. Welcome to the show. You're on with Dave Duran. Good morning. I'll be brief. One thing that I learned was to listen more than when you speak. God gave you two ears, so you listen doubly than when you speak, because he gave you one mouth and two ears, so listen twice as much than you speak. Yes, thanks, Dan. Uh, You know, this is one that I think sentimentally is a very good idea. Um, we have to be careful practically with it. It's a very, very good one, by the way, it, but, but we have to be uh, practically careful with it because in a one-on-one conversation, it's literally impossible to do that because the ratios just don't work. So somebody's going to talk more than they listen. And I think the most important formula is that we should talk as long as it takes to be understood and we should listen as long as it takes to understand because those are the primary outcomes of the things that we want. But the reason that Dan brings this up and the reason it's so important is because if there is a default tendency for young people, it is to overtalk and not listen. So if there's a habit that we need to form and a character that we need to evolve into, it's the wisdom Dan is bringing to this conversation. And it is, wait a second, I have probably talked way more than is required to be understood. And I have listened way less than I should have to understand. And once we balance that formula out, become much, much better at it. And maturity, as Dan states, helps us with that. Thanks so much, uh, Dan. Uh, Dave, the clock is the enemy. Uh, Last uh, two uh, things that we should uh, remember when we were just starting out. Now, this one is a little tough because it doesn't always seem like it at first, but the, the thing you're worried about will eventually work out okay in the end. And there are so many times I was fired and I thought it was horrible, but it, without that being fired, I couldn't have had this great thing happen. All sorts of things can happen. This relationship broke up and I thought it was the end of the world, but it led me to meet my wife, you know, whatever it might be. And then the last one is uh, someday I'm going to die. What's going to happen then? And how should I live because of that? And ultimately speaking, we have to reconcile that. And we know as Catholics what that means, but there's a lot of people who didn't. And then later in life, they started to figure it out. And in retrospect, they would have lived their lives very, very differently. And so we have to know God is God. And we are not. And we're going to have to leave it right there. No one knows the day or the hour. Uh, Dave, as always, uh, thanks so much for, for being uh, with us. Uh, what do you got coming up uh, this Saturday on the show? Uh, this Saturday on the show, we have uh, Kevin O'Brien. Um, he is the CEO of Best Version Media. I know him well. He also built uh, uh, the Men of Christ Conference in Milwaukee. Fantastic work and some really good Q&A. And some also some leadership tips that we're going to be able to share with people. As always, uh, thanks so much for being with us. Uh, and you can check out the Dave Duran Show uh, Saturdays at 1 p.m. here on Relevant Radio. It's now time for another episode of Glenn Story Corner. One of my Valentine's favorites. Our story today called Not a One. Little Shad was a shy, quiet young man. One day he came home and told his mother he'd like to make a valentine for everyone in his class. Her heart sank. She thought, I wish he wouldn't do that, because she'd watched the children when they walked home from school. Her Chad was always behind them. They laughed and hung on to each other and talked to each other, but Chad was never included. Nevertheless, she decided that she'd go along with her son. So she purchased paper and glue and crayons, and for three weeks, night after night, Chad painstakingly made 35 valentines. Valentine's Day dawned, and Chad was beside himself with excitement. He carefully stacked them up, put them in a bag, and bolted out the door. His mother decided to bake him his favorite cookies and serve them nice and warm with a cool glass of milk when he came home from school. 
She just knew that he'd be disappointed and maybe that would ease the pain a little. It hurt her to think that he wouldn't get many valentines, maybe none at all. That afternoon, she had the cookies and milk on the table. When she heard the children outside, she looked out the window and sure enough, there they came laughing and having the best time. And as always, there was Chad in the rear. He walked a little faster than usual. She fully expected him to burst into tears as soon as he got inside. His arms were empty, she noticed, and when the door opened, she choked back the tears. Honey, I have some cookies and milk for you, she said. But he hardly heard her words. He just marched right on by, his face glowing. All he could say was, not a one, not a one. His mother's heart sank at first, but then she noticed the huge smile on his face as he added, I didn't forget a one, not a single one. Philippians 2.3 reminds us, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. As always, thanks so much, uh, Glenn. During this Lent, honor our Lord Jesus and his blessed Mother Mary by praying and watching the Family Rosary Across America with Father Rocky and Maggie at 7 p.m. Central tonight and every night of the week here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. That'll do it for this Ash Wednesday, February 14th, 2024 edition of Morning Air. For Glenn, uh, Gabby, uh, Young Thomas, our entire Morning Air team, I'm John Morales. Thanks so much for joining us. Let your light shine before all. God bless America. We'll see you tomorrow on the next Morning Air. The Patrick Madrid Show is up next.